Uh, so on this week's episode, we're not really going to be filming, filming, like <laughs> recording, <laughs> recording a catch up um, because we're pre-recording these episodes because uh, Chelsea's leaving. Yes, sorry. So we're actually recording this the weekend that Chelsea leaves for Ireland, Yay. but this episode will, will be up when she's already there. Yes. So, uh... How's future enjoying Ireland? <laughs> I'm sure I'm having a lovely time. <laughs> I'm sure you are. But probably stressful as well. <laughs> well, be because it'll be time. like two weeks. So, yeah. Two weeks from now. Two so weeks it'll be getting real close to, to the, the wedding. wedding. <laughs> yep. Um, so, yeah. So that's why we're like, just wanted to let y'all know. I hope you enjoy this episode. Yep. And listen to us talk about things and... From the past. Woo! Woo! <laughs> okay, goodbye. <laughs> Enjoy this episode. Bye. You're listening to Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture that these brilliant ladies enjoy. So, heat up your kettles. It's tea time. Welcome to Tea Time, everyone. I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And on this week's episode... I thought that we should talk about our favorite sad movies, which is totally mushy, but totally relevant. Absolutely. And so I was thinking, because, like, all of us have that sad movie that we watch um, when we want to cry. Yes. And we know that it's going to make us cry, but we watch it anyway. Of course. Sometimes you just want to feel sad. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. There's some times where I'm like, you know what? I just want to cry today. So I'll sit down and I'll like put in, I'll pick all of my favorite sad movies and I'll put them in and just watch like a portion of the film. Yep. Like one of the ones on my list of top three favorite sad movies. Mm-hmm. Like I'll put it in and watch the movie out of order. Oh, okay. And so that all of the, like all the scenes fit perfectly together. Okay. And then I'll just sit there and cry, and I'm like, it's so great, take it out, put in another one. <laughs> I have a problem. I like it, though. Yes. Yeah, because I know I do the same thing. I used to, I used to, if I just wanted to cry, just fast forward to the part that made me cry, cry, and then go to the next one. You know, it's so funny that we say fast forward. Oh, yeah, when, when really it's... When it's really just skip, skip ahead, ahead to yeah. the next chapter, because we don't actually fast no. forward. No, I, I mean, you well, can. Well, kind of. We probably don't. But most people don't. You just skip ahead. But those people that are old as dirt, like me, I'm not yeah. even that old. I used VHS, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's that same thing about when people are like, hang up the phone. You're like, you mean hit end call? You're yeah, like, exactly. no, hang up the phone. Hang up the phone. <laughs> Or roll the window down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Unless you're Brian, who still oh, has still, crank windows. Who still has crank windows. <laughs> then you really do have to roll down the window. There you go. But that's totally has nothing to do with this episode whatsoever. No, but I, but I fast forward through my movies. What? <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we get into this week's topic and talk about all these really sad movies. Yes. <laughs> I promise I won't cry. Actually, I can't guarantee that. I was going to say, I don't think we can guarantee that. <laughs> what? We've had one soup. Okay, we've had maybe on this podcast, like, two super sad episodes where we talked about Me Before You, mm-hmm. which was 
We went to that, saw that movie, cried, yes. and then recorded an episode, like, immediately after. Yes. And then me being a complete and utter mess for 13 Reasons Why. Yes. <laughs> I feel bad for whoever actually does listen to that episode. They're like, God, is she okay? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not okay. <laughs> Somebody actually texted me, like, texted me to ask if I was okay. I'm like, are you all right? I'm like... I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't at all. I'm okay now. Yeah. No. So was not okay. We shouldn't have recorded that right after you watched it. But hey, you get genuine reaction from Katie. (laughs) And you get delayed reaction from Chelsea. (laughs) So. I feel like it needed to happen, though, right after, because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to talk about it. Yeah. And it was just, it was my bad for waiting too long to watch it. And then trying to binge watch that show. That was so stupid. Yeah. That was my fault. That's okay. Sometimes you make bad decisions, okay? (laughs) No one's perfect. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay. So, we decided to go with top three because, one, Chelsea was having a really hard time picking movies, which is ridiculous. I just had trouble thinking. (laughs) Once I started seeing the movies, I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) She, I was like, I was telling her, I was like, we're together. In yeah. my room. Yeah. So I was like, Chelsea, you're surrounded by tons of movies. Go peruse the shelf. Yeah. And then she starts going through, like, my individual discs that I keep, that I took with me to college that I never put back in the case. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, this one. I called it mine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There was, there was really only one. There's one that, like, if I really want to cry, I will watch it. And then... There was another one that kind of jumped up at me, but then I just couldn't think of anything else, but I, I like this the third choice that I made. I like it. Well, yeah. Because I definitely cry every time I well, watch it. Well, yeah. Them. I think I do, too. Actually, two out of the three of your films I cry at. Yes. And it's only because I haven't seen the first one. <laughs> Which you definitely need to, because well, it is your type of movie. What is my type of movie? I'll explain when okay. I talk about it. Okay, well, why don't you do that? All right, so my first movie choice is House of Mirth, which aired in November of 2000. Just 2000. Uh, it stars Gillian Anderson, Eric Stoltz, Dan Aykroyd, Laura Linney, and a bunch of other people, but those are like the most recognizable people. Um, it was written and directed by Terrence Davies, and it was adapted from an Edith Wharton uh, novel, which is like Victorian era. So oh, it was like very, so yes. Very Jane Austen. Yeah, see? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> First of all, it's very dramatic, very sad, and it's Jane Austen type era. So I feel like those hit all of your qualifications. Hey. <laughs> what? Like, just because you always put the young Victoria on repeat. <laughs> That's me. It's true. It's what? Just because I own, like, eight different versions of Pride and Prejudice. Stop it. So, are we doing summaries? Like, quick summaries or no? Well, I put summaries, okay, but I good. also didn't put who wrote and directed these films. Oh, so well, I always like I always like hearing about that. So oh, I'm sorry. Like, no, it's fine. <laughs> um, Rude. In case, in case someone out there is like, wait, who did that? So, um, so quick summary of that movie. Um, it's about a girl named Lily Bart who is in a very rich high class family but her parents are dead she lives with her rich aunt and cousin and 
they kind of find her to be a burden at times, so they keep trying to, like, marry her off to rich men. Um, but the one man that she actually does kind of like, she thinks that she can't marry him because he's not rich enough. Oh, my God. This was in, like, 1900s, like, New York, you know? Very, uh. very all about class. It was very much all about, like, who you knew, where your social standing was, and... Well, it kind of sounds that. like when calls the heart because she's like wants to be with, with yeah. the bounty, but her family's like mm, rich. Well, it's not even like their family that necessarily thinks that he's not worthy. It's just she's like, oh well, but he's not rich enough. Ah, geez. But she does like him. Like she has chemistry with him. It's the uh, Eric Stoltz's character. Um, she has really, really good chemistry with him. They actually even like share a kiss. And all that, and it's, like, very, very steamy. <gasps> but not kiss. really. But it's, like, a kid, like, you know, like, touching hands was a big deal then. So, I mean, like... Did he see her ankle? Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> um, so she, she keeps trying to travel with different friends and kind of really just gets older and not, doesn't have enough money. And there's this one rich guy who tries to say, like, hey, give me some of your your savings, and I'll invest it and give you a return, you know? Oh, bad idea, bad idea. Yeah, so he, he's like, he comes back and says, like, sorry, I lost all your money. And she's like, what? <laughs> and he's like, that's how the game's played. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm obviously, like... <laughs> shortening this up real tight but Ooh. but so she she ends up having to either just like stay with her friends and keep traveling or she eventually gets to the point where like some guys would like offer to marry her to like help her out but she felt she was like um that's not why I want to marry someone she's like I don't need like, your money yeah she she doesn't want it to be that cold, you know? Like, you don't want to just marry... I don't know. So she she didn't want to marry someone for love, so she waited and put people off, and then she got into such a desperate situation that she actually had to work, and, like, her friends were telling her, like, this is going to ruin your social standing, like, how could you do this? And she's like, well, I gotta eat. <laughs> I, got, I gotta... I gotta eat. I gotta have somewhere to live. But she's terrible at working because she's never worked a day in her life and she gets fired. And she, her aunt, her rich aunt dies, but she gets like such a minimal cut of her inheritance. Like she, her aunt clearly hated her. Um, and so, so she's waiting for her inheritance to come through and finally it does. And she pays off her debts and then she kills herself. Oh my god! <laughs> it's very sad. Why would she? Why because would you go through all of the trouble of paying off your debts to just die? Well, I think she had gotten to a point where she was so depressed and she was so sad and she felt like she had nowhere else to go in life. And then when she came home, she actually had. When she w worked as an assistant for another woman, she had uh, the prescription to pick up her medicine, which is like a sleep aid. Mm -hmm. And she would sometimes, like, take a little bit of it to help her sleep, even though it wasn't her medication. So she went and was, like, just tried to pick it up, and she ended up picking it up. Because back then, they didn't, you know, check, really, who was getting what at what time. <laughs> so she picked up sleeping medication, and I think she had already given up. 
in her mind. Oh, and geez. then when she got home, she got the check. And that's when she was like, you know what? Writing it off to the bank, writing it off to this person, and goodbye. That <laughs> is very, awful. very sad. So, obviously we know which part is the saddest part <laughs> of that movie. <laughs> I cry because it's just so sad to see, like, someone who, you know, wanted so much in life and, you know, obviously thought that she was better than what life was giving. I don't know. To, to just give up. And it was very sad, but um, the best part of that movie is watching her kind of stand up for herself because, you know, I feel like a lot of women back in that day would just give in to marrying anyone. Yeah. But she didn't want to just marry anyone. She wanted to, one, marry someone who she liked, but also that, like, she felt was worthy of her. I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool. And Julian Anderson freaking kills it. This sounds like if you put Mansfield Park, Pride and Prejudice, and Jane Eyre all mm-hmm. in one film. Mm-hmm. Because it has, like, different aspects. And even Becoming Jane, too, where it's about Jane yeah. Austen. Like, all in one, like, mushed together in one film is this movie. Yeah. It's very, very good. Um, I actually even read the, the novel, and it's amazing. It made me cry, and it's... <laughs> It's really, really good. She's like, I read the book, and I cried. And I cried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, it's really, really good. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. I'm sure you can find it somewhere relatively cheap. You know, secondhand stores, probably. Yes. I don't Amoeba! Think yeah. Amoeba. If you live in California, obviously. Yes. Yeah. So, do you want to do one of your movies, or should I just go through all of mine? Why don't you go through all of yours? Okay. I'll, right. I'll, I'll keep the other ones a little bit shorter. No, it's okay. Um, so my next movie is Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, number two. The second one, The second one. Because one, I've already talked about the first one in my favorite nostalgic uh, childhood movies. But two, the number two movie makes me cry more than the first one. Because. Okay. Okay, well, first of all, that movie aired August 6, 2008, which was my birthday, and I was so excited that it came out on my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so this this movie means nothing to you. No. What? I what? hate this movie. This movie's <laughs> awful. Um, it came out on my birthday, which was awesome. It stars America Ferreira, Blake Lively, Alexis Bledel, Amber Tamblyn. Um, and it's them in the their college years. And the saddest part of that movie is when Bridget has a breakdown about her mother with her grandmother. Oh my gosh, yeah. Because that one hits me right in the gut. <laughs> right in the feels. <laughs> yeah, it's when she's like in the room and she's like and trying to figure out like why her mom didn't want her. Yeah, and exactly. It's so sad about yeah, how like... I don't have mo- mother issues at all. No. <laughs> Nope. Nope. I don't connect to that part I mean, at all. like, different parts of that movie are pretty sad. Yeah, there's, no, there's definitely a lot of sad parts, but that part in particular, like, oh, when I first saw that, I sobbed. Like, I sobbed. And then, like, when I bought the DVD and watched it again, I sobbed. <laughs> like, um, I sob every single time. Yeah, there's a difference between, like, oh, crying, this is so sad, and then just sobbing to where you're, like, hyperventilating. Yeah, what? That was 100%. Um, this 
movie isn't on my list, so I can mention it, is uh, Michelle when she watched The Fault in Our Stars. Oh. So, like, she cried in the film, and so did I. Mm -hmm. And then when we got back to the car, she just lost it. Yeah. And, like, it was, it was, like, full, like, we had to sit in the car and not go anywhere for a while because it was full-on ugly crying sobbing. Yes. For the both of us. Oh, yeah. I mean. It's a very, very sad movie. He ugly cried during me before you remember. Yes, we we, <laughs> we were did. trying hey, to not be quiet. The like old we were man in front of us was sobbing. <laughs> we weren't the only ones. We were just trying so hard not like don't be loud. That's <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> so bad. It's so bad. Oh but my god. My favorite part of that movie. Oh god. Oh, you're dropping your phone. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, my favorite part of that movie is when they're all together. Because I love the fact that, like, they're best friends in real life. Like, they still get together. Like, they're each other's, you know, godmothers. It's just so cute. Like, when they posted recently on Instagram that they were all supporting each other when Amber Tamlin had her movie coming out that she directed, I was like, right in the feels. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag real life besties. Exactly. I just, yeah, I just love it so much. You're like, I want pants that fit us both and can travel. I know. Oh, God. Magic pants. Um, And then my third movie is Return to Me. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Which... Uh, was released April 2000. Apparently, I liked the 2000s. <laughs> um, it stars David Duchovny, Minnie Driver, and Bonnie Hunt, and it was actually written and directed by Bonnie Hunt. Well, actually, her and, like, three other people came up with the story, but she was, like, I a primary writer and directed it. Yeah, you That's know That's why that? I like that movie yeah. so much. This is actually... She found this movie in my collection of movies. Yes, I did. This was the one. But I definitely own this movie. It's so good. Um, Bonnie Hunt is amazing. I loved her. Like, my mom and I both loved her. We actually went... When she had a talk show... Do you remember mm-hmm. when she had a yeah, talk show? Yeah, I we do. went and saw a taping of it. Oh, my God. That's because amazing. Because we loved her so much. Did you see Congo? Because she's in that. No. <laughs> that would be so awful. Oh, my goodness. I love her in Only You as well. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's why, that's the movie why I was cracking up so bad that, um, that, uh, uh, what's her name? And when Robert Downey Jr. showed up to oh, pick up. Oh, Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei. Yeah. Uh, when he met, when he was, like, talking, what, God, when Peter Parker walked in in, yes. A civil War and saw RDJ talking to Marissa Tomei because I was like, oh my god, only... <laughs> yes! <laughs> and I was like, only people who have seen this movie will understand the significance of this moment. Exactly. Um, Sorry, no, continue. That's fine. I'm just saying, I love Bonnie Hunt. Um, so this, this quick, super quick summary is, a man who falls in love with the woman who received his wife's heart must decide which women, which woman... It is who holds his heart. <laughs> Cheesy as heck. <laughs> um, Bob's dead wife heart. <laughs> exactly. That's like, that's my favorite part. That's one of my favorite parts. So the saddest part of that movie is also the funniest part of the movie, in it's, my opinion. It's really not that funny, though. It's only it's funny. It's only funny... Okay, it's the part where David Duchovny's character is sobbing because his wife is dead. But David Duchovny's ugly crying is just so funny that you're like, I'm so sad, but why are you looking like that? <laughs> um, oh, 
man. He he just, you know, his face gets all crinkly and he's sobbing into his dog. And he's like practically drooling when he's crying. I mean, and he's covered in the blood of his dead wife and yeah. it's just awful. It's just a confusing bag of emotions cuz you're so upset. <laughs> but but you're like, why is your face like that? <laughs> you know what makes this so um, I was going to tell you that, like, the story that I have surrounding this movie. Uh-huh. So, for some reason, I saw this movie on a plane. Oh, okay. Um, I think it's when I took it, when we took our trip, my family and I took our trip to, what year? 2000. Mm-hmm. So, I think it was to San Antonio. Okay. Or it was coming home from Florida. I can't... Oh, it was coming home from Florida. Okay. Because we went to Florida for the 4th of July for 2000. Coming home from Florida. So they show this movie on an airplane to an airplane full of people. And this movie is so sad. And I'm yes. sitting there watching it, like, bawling. Yes. <laughs> on the plane, I was like, whose idea was this? It's, it's so good, though. It's It's such a good movie. What's your favorite part, though? Because I have my favorite part. Isn't there a part where they're like, where she's riding a bike? For some reason, that moment just sticks out to me. There's several parts where she's riding a bike. Oh. Well, well there's like, the part I where. I'm so happy she can ride a bike. Because couldn't she, like, not before? She couldn't before. Yeah, so when she, she starts a... riding her bike and she's so happy. There's a part which is really funny because, like, in this movie, David Duchovny is, like, the worst single man possible. Yes. Do you remember the part where he's trying to, like, they went out on a date, like, him and Minnie Driver's character, and he brings her back to the apartment, to, like, his, his uh, like, townhouse that he lives in, mm-hmm. and he's trying to make popcorn, and he can't yes. do it. He puts the three bags of popcorn together that's yes. inside the plastic wrap <laughs> into like, the, it in the microwave. the microwave, and he goes to turn it on, and it makes that awful noise of, like, when you put plastic in a microwave, and he's like, oh, and he tries to open it, and it's, like, super hot, and he's like, oh, God. And yes. he, like, opens it, and then he puts the bag of popcorn inside of a glass bowl and puts that in the microwave, and then he turns it on for too long, and when he opens it, it's, like, on fire. And he goes to grab the glass bowl, and it's too hot, so he uses the other two bags of popcorn to take it out, like, hot, and, like, puts it in the oven, and then sprays Windex to, like, make it not smell. Yes. Which is, that will not work. No. (laughs) You can't burn popcorn and hide that smell. It's so bad. It's so bad. Like, the only other part that's really, that I find super funny in that movie, I mean, like, the whole movie is either really sad or really funny, Mm -hmm. is... The part where where Bob goes on a, on a date with that craziest woman who doesn't like uh, Swiss water. Yes. And, because, you know, she got sick on it once. Mm-hmm. And her friend is like, I know, it was so bad. <laughs> and she's like, I want a bottle of water with a straw. And she gets her an Aquafita. And she's dumping the water out into the sink and fills it up with tap water. While David DeCombe, Bob, is standing yeah. there watching her do it. This is me, driver. And she looks over and sees him. And he's like, what are you? And she's like, oh, God. And continues to <laughs> fill it up. <laughs> and Bob rushes back over to the table. And <laughs> just as she gives the bottle to the date. And she takes a drink. And he goes, oh, how is that? And she goes, oh, so much better. <laughs> oh, it's like, God. it's that moment that you feel like as a person who's worked in customer service is like the satisfaction of knowing 
<laughs> she gave her tap water. Yes, exactly. Although it is it. Aquafina, so it's not much of a difference. I was going to say, Aquafina's not amazing. Yeah. But remember when everyone used to drink Aquafina, though? Well, that's because it's like, it's either Aquafina or Dasani, because Aquafina's owned by Pepsi. Yeah. And Dasani's owned by Coke. Oh, so, like, if you go to Disneyland, you get... Mm-hmm. Uh, you get Dasani. If you go to Knott's, you get Aquafina. There you go. Or if your school has a vending machine, Aquafina yes. it is. Yes. When you're thirsty, it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, if, I mean, yeah. When you're thirsty, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What Water are your well. movies, Katie? Oh, God. Okay. So, my first movie is P.S. I Love You. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It came out on December 21st in 2007, and it stars Gerard Butler. I'm pretty sure I spelled his name wrong. There's like eight R's in that movie. <laughs> My bad. You put two. It's fine. No, there's what three. There's three. Okay, you should have put two. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Hilary Swank, uh, Kathy Bates, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Harry Connick Jr., Lisa, Lisa Kudrow, and Gina Gershon. Totally yep. butchered her last name, yeah, probably. Fine. Whatever. Anyways, so this movie is, it says, when Jerry, who is played by Gerard Butler, the husband of Holly Kennedy, Hilary Swank, dies from an illness, she loses the love of her life. Knowing how hard Holly will take his death, Jerry plans ahead. Uh, beginning on the, her 30th birthday, she receives the, receives the first of a series of letters written by him designed to ease her grief and encourage her to move forward to a new life. So you can already tell that this movie is going to be really sad. Yes, absolutely. I think, like, the thing that makes this such a sad movie is because she's pretty much been married to him her whole life. Pretty much. Because she well, met like him. her adult life. Her yeah. entire adult life. Because she met him when she was very young. They got mm-hmm. married very quickly. Mm-hmm. And her mother did not approve Mm-mm. Of them being married at all. And she was kind of, like, through the beginning of this movie, she's sort of stuck in this thing where she wants to start her life already, but he is like, our life has already started. Because mm-hmm. she's like, everybody's buying bigger houses and having babies, and we live in this, like, five-floor walk-up in New York and Chinatown, and mm-hmm. you have a job, and I some kind of have a job I hate, and... yeah. All of this stuff, and then he gets brain cancer and dies. <laughs> it's so bad. So, like, he's kind of the old, the only person she's ever really been with, mm-hmm. like, in every possible way. The only man mm-hmm. she's ever loved, the only man she's ever been with. Mm-hmm. So it's, how is she supposed to move forward from this kind of thing? And it's it's bad. So, <laughs> um... For me, the saddest part of this whole movie is there's a part after she gets back from her trip to Ireland Mm -hmm. um, with her friends. Uh, She goes out on a date with Harry Connick Jr.'s character, Mm -hmm. and she accidentally calls him Jerry, which is not his name, and he leaves her sitting at the restaurant, and she sort of looks around and sees all these couples and stuff, and she kind of freaks out and leaves, and runs to the bar that her mom owns, and she just runs to her, and she's in tears, and she says to her mom, I can't feel him around me anymore, and it's so awful, because it's that point that she's gotten to where he's been gone for 
a significant period of time. And to her, him not being around her is the most devastating thing to her. I'm going to cry. I know. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Every time I watch that scene, I just lose it. Because the movie's really sad, but that particular scene is just so big. Because it's the first time that her mom really realizes just how much he meant to her. And it's actually where she receives her final letter. Because yeah. her mom is actually the one that helped him mm-hmm. set everything up. Yeah. And she had the last letter from him. So sad. So, it is very sad. The part that makes me, or the part that I uh, remember the most is her singing um, The Man That Got Away. Oh, the Judy Garland. Yeah. yeah. After she buys the lamp. Mm-hmm. So sad. Oh my god. But my favorite scene mm-hmm. is... Which can also be kind of sad because it's sort of a compilation of a bunch of scenes together. This is the part that, this is the movie I was talking about that I like to watch things out of order. Mm -hmm. Because when she goes to Ireland, she does this flashback of how she met Jerry. Mm -hmm. And she, he calls her his Galloway girl. Mm -hmm. And she gets this letter from his parents and goes to his fort and reads about. Oh wait, Galloway girl? Galloway girl, yeah. Oh yeah, I've been there. Yeah. So uh, she reads about, like, the what he thought about the first time they met, and you get to see it. So I'll usually watch that scene mm-hmm. of how they met on a, on a road, and they kissed for the first time, and she takes his jacket, and, he tell, and she goes, if this is meant to be, I will see you again. Uh-huh. And then I go to the scene where she's at the bar with her friends and meets Jeffrey Dean Morgan's character, yes. and he sings that song mm-hmm. to her. And she has the flashback of after the part where she meets him on the road, she goes to a pub, and it happens to be the exact same pub that he was singing in. Yes. And that's right there is when you know it's, like, 100% meant to be. And so I love watching those two scenes out of order Mm -hmm. so that it's, like, in a timeline flow. Yes. And I also love any scene that Jeffrey Dean Morgan's in. Yes, because he's amazing. Oh, my God. I like when she's pouring him the drink and she, like, sees him naked and she pours, like, the Jameson all over the counter. Yes. (laughs) And she, like, takes a drink and she's, like, he comes out and he goes, oh, I didn't, like know you were out here and she's like do you want a drink and he's like do I just lick it off the counter and she's like oh and then like cleans it up (laughs) oh man it's so bad it's so funny and Mm -hmm. like that's when they like hook up and it's great it's so great because he's very attractive (laughs) oh my god that's why like watching The Walking Dead is such a problem because Negan is such an awful horrible person but I'm like but it's but it's Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and I love him, and I'm not supposed to. Yes. It's very oh, difficult. my God. It's so hard. It's so bad. It's the internal fangirl struggle. Yes, it is. Okay. Definitely. So my next movie is also a really horribly sad movie. <laughs> the Time Traveler's Wife. Yes. Um, oh, uh, I had a story about the other movie that I forgot. I saw that movie on Christmas, on Christmas Day, or like the day after Christmas, with my best friend and her mom. So oh. the three of us were sitting in the theater watching P.S. I Love You bawling. Yes. And she just had her ACL repaired, so she was, like, on crutches. Oh, it was a mess. no. <laughs> so sad. Yes. So she's all, like, on painkillers, and we're sitting there watching the worst, saddest movie ever. Oh, my God. 
God. The story I have for the time traveler's wife is worse. Oh, no. Okay, so uh, the time traveler's wife, which uh, came out in, on August 14th in 2009, and it starred Eric Bana, uh, Rachel McAdams, and Ron Livingston. Obviously, there's way more people, but those are the only three that really matter. Yes. Um, and her daughter, but I don't, I didn't look up who plays her daughter, but. That's fine. Anyways, so this movie is about a Chicago librarian, Harry DeTamble, who is played by uh, Eric Bana, suffers from a rare genetic disorder that causes him to drift uncontrollably back and forth through time. He's a time traveler. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> one, on one of his uh, saunders, he meets the love of his life, Claire, played by Rachel McAdams, and they marry. But the problems and complexities of any relationship are multiplied by Harry's inability to remain in one time and place so that he and his beloved are continually out of sync. So it's, it's interesting because Henry... And, like, Claire knows Henry her entire life. Mm -hmm. Uh, From when she is a child, like, until she meets him as an adult. Yeah. So she's always known that she was going to know him. But Mm -hmm. when she meets him, he has no idea who she is. Because he's never traveled Mm -hmm. at that age when he meets her as an adult. He hasn't traveled back to meet her as a child yet. So he gets the... uh, Because he says that getting... uh, in the movie, he says that he travels to to uh, big events. Like, mm-hmm. his mother died in a horrific car accident. Mm-hmm. So he always travels back to that time. And when he meets Claire as a child. Mm-hmm. Claire is a big moment for him. Yeah. So meeting her, it was like his destiny almost. Yeah. So uh, what makes this movie, like, really good and really sad is that, like, she always has to live her life not knowing is he going to come back or not and how long is he going to be gone. Yeah. And he bops back and forth through time either being with Claire mm-hmm. or being chased by the police or something some other place. Yeah. And it's actually a very amazing concept. It was a novel. I read the novel too. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget who wrote the novel. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but the book is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it follows the... It follow the movie follows the book very very closely, and the saddest part I think because this movie is like on again off again really sad, because at some point in his life he's gonna get caught up in not being able to come back or something bad is going to happen to him mm-hmm. and something bad happens to him. Oh yeah, it's it's really awful. Um, the saddest part though is kind of like the end of the movie. Um, Henry travels forward in time beyond his life a lot of the time. Like, Mm -hmm. he's done it a couple of times. And there's a part where his daughter, who is, I think she's eight or nine years old, she's out playing in a field uh, by where Claire grew up Mm -hmm. with two of the kids, the two kids of their best friends. Okay. Um, And so she runs, she sends, like, the two kids to go find Claire. Mm -hmm. And so... He's talking to his daughter, and um, he already knows that he's, like, beyond his life. Mm-hmm. And uh, he can feel himself starting to go back oh. to, like, his own time. And Claire's still not there. And they flash to her running through the forest. Because uh-huh. she hasn't seen him. It's been 
like, a year or two, but she always knew he was going to come. Mm-hmm. Um, he never told her, but she just had this feeling and hope that he would try and travel back. So she used to leave clothes for him. Mm-hmm. And um, so she comes running through the forest, and then he, like, sees her, and they run to each other. And she's like, why didn't you tell me that you were coming? Otherwise, I would have waited for you. And he goes, I don't want you to spend your life waiting. And it's so awful. I could cry right now. No. It's so sad. It's so sad. But it's really a beautiful story. And it's just, it's really sad. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you what my favorite part is. Okay. Yes. So Claire is an artist. And she's um, very talented at paper making. Mm-hmm. And so she goes to the Chicago library to get this uh, rare book from, like, the rare collections. And Henry is the curator of the rare collections. Ooh. So that's when she meets Henry, and he sees her for the first time, but it's like she already has mm-hmm. known him her whole yes. life. And it gets super awkward because she's like, I know you. Yeah. <laughs> And he's, and he's like, like, who are uh, you? You're gorgeous, but who are you? Yeah. And so she, like, asks him out on a date, and he's like, um... She's like, we can go to your favorite restaurant, the bow tie. And he's oh like... Oh, my God. Uh... How do you know How that? do you know me? <laughs> so they go on this date, right? But he actually time-traveled right before her date, mm-hmm. and he, like, got arrested. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he got slammed down onto a cop car, so he had this huge bruise on his cheek. And so she's sitting in this restaurant waiting for him and he like shows up and he's like what's your name again (laughs) it's so bad and she like reaches over and she's like touching his face like because you know for her she's known him her whole life and he's like claire right and she's like yeah he goes do you think for a minute we could pretend that we don't know each other (laughs) and like he takes her back to his apartment and they like sleep together mm-hmm. and it's great for her because she's been waiting her whole life for this moment yes and <clears throat> it's just really funny because he's just so weirded out but like knows that you know this is gonna happen where he's gonna meet somebody mm-hmm. and she knows his into like everything about him because she meets him when he's like 40 or something oh. and he's in his 20s mm-hmm. at that point and it's just it's really awkward <laughs> I feel so bad for him. He's like, who are you? She's like, oh, Henry, I love you. And he's like, but who are you? (laughs) So funny. It's such a good movie. Um, So I recommend that movie, definitely. Okay, yeah, definitely. Oh, so my story for this one. So Mm -hmm. I was flying, all my stories circle around Diana. Why is that? (laughs) So my best friend lives in New Hampshire with her husband and her two kids. And uh, I flew back to visit them when... um, her first child was very young, mm-hmm. and I was flying home from Boston um, on plane, uh, like obviously on a plane, mm-hmm. and uh, I was sitting next to this guy, and I was flying, like I had the ability to like pick the movies that I wanted to watch, so I watched Harry Potter and the and the Half Blood Prince, which is a super sad movie. Why would I watch that? Because yes. of Dumbledore. Yes. So I'm already like like, sniffling, trying not to make a big deal out of, like, how sad this movie is. Mm -hmm. And I was reading this book at the time. Oh, okay. And they had this movie as an option to watch. 
bitch. Yes. Bad idea. Bad idea. But what was funny is that the guy that was sitting next to me mm-hmm. on the plane had seen the book and then saw that the movie was an option to watch. Uh-huh. So he actually watched it while I was watching it at the same time. Oh. And then he was like, so did you like the movie? And I'm like, yeah, it's really sad. He goes, yeah, it was really good and really sad. Not really a movie I would watch. It's more something my wife would like. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. You're married. Yeah. <laughs> But Darn. dang it. <laughs> but it was just funny because I'm like, that's two movies I've seen that are really sad on a plane. Why do I do that? The the worst thing is when you're on a plane leaving the person that you love and then watching a sad movie no. and then bawling your eyes. <laughs> was that the first time you left from Ireland? Not the well, I mean I cry on every flight away, but I can't even remember which flight it was, but I forget. I don't even remember what movie. I think it was The Fault in Our Stars or something like that. No, my God. No, why? <laughs> and I think I knew going into it that I w- that it was going to make no. me cry. <laughs> but I, I just wanted to be sad. No. <laughs> well, you picked the perfect movie. And so I just, like, had to keep, like, putting my face into my blanket and just, like, be like... <laughs> <laughs> just try not to make as much noise as possible. You're like, don't, don't, David Duchovny, ugly cry, don't do it, yep. don't do it. I, I understand about the on a plane crying very much. God, oh my gosh. That's so bad. It is bad. Okay, so my last movie I was debating, originally I had The Fall in Our Stars, mm-hmm. um, because I always cry when I watch that movie, but then I thought about like, my favorite movie of all time actually makes me cry every single time I watch it. Okay. Which is Goodwill Hunting. Mm-hmm. And this movie came out December 7th, 1997. This movie's going to be 20 this year. Wow. I feel kind of old. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, this movie was actually written by uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, mm-hmm. and they won the uh, best... Uh, screenplay mm-hmm. um, Oscar from the 1997 in 1997 for this film hmm. and it actually stars Matt Damon Ben Affleck Robin Williams Minnie Driver and Stellan Skarsgård so this movie is always sad but now it's like three times sadder because Robin Williams is gone Aww. that's why like when he passed away I was like great now I can't watch my favorite movie anymore because he's freaking in it yep and it's so sad. It is. This movie is really sad. So uh, this movie is about a guy named Will Hunting, played by Matt Damon, who has he has a genius level IQ but chooses to work as a janitor at MIT. Uh, when he solves a difficult graduate level math problem, his talents are discovered by Professor uh, Gerald Lambeau, played by Stellan Skarsgård who decides to help the misguided youth reach his potential. When Will is arrested for attacking a police officer, um, he was actually beating up some other dudes with his buddies, but oh. the cops sort of got in the way. Okay. <laughs> Just want to point that out. Got it. Uh, Professor Lambeau makes a deal to get leniency for him if he will get treatment from therapist Sean McGuire, played by Robin Williams. Okay. Um, so... Yeah, so, like, he's he's really, really smart, but he's sort of this, uh, like, delinquent. Mm-hmm. And Matt Damon is super young in this movie. Yeah. Like, he is a baby. Yeah. 
And so is Ben Affleck, like, super young. And what I love about this movie is that it takes place in Boston. Mm -hmm. So um, they use the really heavy southern Boston accent. So they go to a Harvard bar. Yes. And stuff like that. And it's, like, the best accent, which is part of the reason I love the town so much, too, Mm -hmm. because it takes place in South Boston. Yes. Which is also a Ben Affleck movie. So did you go to all the scenes where they So, okay. Like, the bench? I know there's a bench. That's all I know. I did... For some reason, going to the bench where it's the bench where um, Robin Williams and Matt Damon sit mm-hmm. when they kind of had this like profound discussion about their life, mm-hmm. and he tells him about how he met his wife. Yeah, and kind of leaves Matt Damon sitting there to think about like what he wants to do with his future. Because mm-hmm. um, Minnie Driver plays a girl that he meets because she's going to Harvard. He meets her at the Harvard bar. Yes. <laughs> You're very good at saying that. I love it so much. The pocket car in the yard with the dog. Yeah, got this. I love that accent so much. It's so great. Um, But he's trying to figure out, like, what am I supposed to do with my life? Do I want to be this genius-level mathematician that goes to MIT? Or do I want to live my life the way that I want to? Yeah. With the girl that I'm in love with. Mm Mm-hmm. And no, I did not visit that bench. Because it didn't think about it when I was in Boston Common... Uh-huh. When I went to Boston to wander around. How could you? <laughs> I'm an absolute failure. <laughs> no, it's okay. Okay. So the saddest part for me in this movie may not be sad for other people. Okay. But there's a part where uh, where Will goes to Sean's office, and Sean is looking at his file from um, his foster years. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Will was really severely physically abused when he was in the foster system. Mm-hmm. And so he was looking at all of the pictures and stuff from, like, uh, his abuse and all that stuff. And he he goes, do you want to look at it? And he goes, no, I don't. So he puts the file down and he goes, this, this stuff, I'm not going to cuss because they yeah. use cuss words, is not your fault. Mm-hmm. And Will goes, I know. He goes, no, son, like, it is not your fault. And he goes, I know. And he goes, really? And he puts his hand on his shoulder and he's like, this is not your fault. And he's like trying to get through to him that like all of the things that he's been through in his life, that all the stuff that he did when he was a kid, like it's not his fault. And he's saying he knows, but he doesn't really, doesn't really know. know. And there's this moment where like when he puts his hand on his shoulder, he goes like, don't mess with me. And like throws his, like hand off he's mm-hmm. like don't he goes you're the one person don't mess with me like this like mm-hmm. and he starts to get really upset and he goes he goes like this isn't your fault and he starts to cry and he like hugs him mm. and it's so genuine and so sad because yeah. it's like the first moment that he really is like I know it's not my fault but it's kind of shaped the kind of person that he is. Yeah. So it's like this really big moment for his character because there's this thing between him and like him and Ben Affleck's character. He says that every day when he gets there, like to come pick him up at his house, he mm-hmm. goes, there's always this moment where I'm walking up to knock on your door that I hope you won't be there, mm-hmm. that I'll knock on your door and you'll be gone. He goes, cause this is not the life I want for you. Yeah. Because he's so smart and yeah. like he has so much potential and he's like this is the kind of life that I don't want for you. And finally like at the end of the movie he goes up there with the coffee and knocks on his door and he doesn't answer. Nice. 
And it's like, finally, like he's yep. he's gotta go see about a girl. Aww. That's what he says. And he leaves to drive to California to go find Mini to go find Skylar, who's Mini Driver. That's very um, nice. Yeah. So my favorite part of this movie, it's so stupid. So when they're at the bar, the the Harvard bar, where uh-huh, he meets, yes. it's where he meets Skylar. Yeah. And she comes up to him and she tells him, she's like, you're so stupid. I've been sitting down at the end of this bar for two hours waiting for you to come talk to me and you didn't come, but now I have to leave. And so she gives him her number and earlier in the evening, they'd had this, like, argument with this guy who was wearing, like, a sweater vest who had long hair who thought he was really smart, but he was actually kind of an idiot. Yeah. And Matt Damon, like, <laughs> shows him how much he's an idiot in front of everybody. Oh, nice. And they're walking back to go, to leave, and they see him sitting in this diner. So... Uh, Will runs over and he knocks on the window and the guy's not looking at him and he like pounds on the window and the guy looks at me he's like what and he goes do you like apples what he goes do you like apples and he's like yeah and he goes he th- pushes the number against the window he goes well I got her number how do you like them apples <laughs> and then walks away oh my god it is so stupid but it's so funny. He's like, I got a number. How do you like them apples? <laughs> so dumb. Oh, my God. It's so stupid. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah. So those are my three. I like it. Very nice. <laughs> okay. So I have some questions that I came up with but didn't tell you about. <laughs> oh. Surprise questions. Surprise Q&A session. <laughs> so why those particular movies? Okay, well, two of them, well, no, actually, all three of them I watched because I liked a specific actor. Mm-hmm. So that's why I watched them. Um, but why I keep watching them is because I just like to be sad. <laughs> <laughs> what does that say about us? We're like, I just watch these movies all the time because I want me to say it. I will say, like, I haven't watched them in a while. This was like. I think it was more of a thing for me back in the days before Netflix when there was so much new stuff to watch that, like, you kind of had to go back to your old DVDs and, like, rewatch your favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I want to say, like, five, seven years ago, like, that's when I would just rewatch a lot of my DVDs because I didn't necessarily buy a lot of DVDs, so I had to kind of just watch what I had. <laughs> Um, so you didn't have the money. I didn't have the money, so <laughs> so I had to rewatch the sad one. I don't know, and then like you know, like I don't know. I, I, why does anyone watch sad movies? <laughs> How about you? Um, I mean, I like each of these movies very much. For I like the actors, but I've also like uh, they seem to be tied to something. And, mm-hmm. like, Goodwill Hunting is, parta- like, it just is my favorite movie. I don't know yeah. why. I just, I love every moment of it because it's, it's funny and sad and kind of enlightening, showing that, like, somebody who's super brilliant, maybe that's not the kind of life that he wants for himself. Mm-hmm. There's a part in the movie where um, Robin Williams is having uh, lunch with Stellan Skarsgård's character and he's trying to tell him, like, if you push him too hard, he's not gonna 
like do what you want him to do. Yeah. And he's like, but he has so much potential. I want him to be great. And he goes, then he starts to tell of this story about a guy named Ted Kaczynski, who was a genius level mathematician who, um, did all of this great stuff. And then, held up in a uh, cabin somewhere and was mailing bombs to people. Oh. And he had no idea who he was. And he asked the bartender, he goes, hey, who's Ted Kaczynski? He goes, the Unabomber. Oh. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. Just because you think that somebody should do something amazing doesn't mean that's what they want to do. Yeah, exactly. And that was the thing. He's like, if you push him too hard, he's not yeah. going to want to stick around. So he had to make the choice himself to yeah. be great exactly and the other two movies are just freaking sad (laughs) yeah but so good though but they're really very well done films with like i mean the time traveler's wife is a great concept and sad and it's but it's it's funny and sad yeah like there's parts in it that are really funny like when he meets when she meets him he's like who are you she's like but i love you he's like who are you (laughs) yeah for me it's like I like the sad movies that are very... They, one, they hit you close to home. <laughs> but then, two, like, they... I don't know. You you connect. Like, you feel like it really could happen, I guess, in mm-hmm. a way, for me. The, the ones that I chose. Like, House of Mirth. Like, that was obviously, timeline-wise, that's nowhere near me. But, like, those are real struggles that happened then. But they're also real struggles that happen now. Like, for some people, marriage is their option in you know, maintaining a life. Mm-hmm. Like, that's their way out, or that's their safety net, and it's not their fault, it's just the situation they're put in. And, you know, Sister of the Traveling Pants, they deal with a lot of real tragedies that go on in your life. Losing people, breakups, you know, family issues, like, everyone goes through those things, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I tend to like those kind of sad movies. <laughs> <laughs> like, we like the ones that are close to home that make us more sad. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like we kind of answered these other questions. Like, yes, we've seen these movies way too many times. And yeah, a lot. Well, I would say why I probably, like, like a real answer of why I watch these sad movies is, like, it helps me deal with my emotions. Like, I find, I find it really hard to cry at actual things I'm sad at. Like, if, like, if something is making me upset, I'm gonna, my natural reaction is to not cry about it, or to try to not cry about it, Mm -hmm. but if I watch a sad movie, I feel comfortable enough to be able to cry at the movie, and through that, I can get out those emotions that I can't get out in other ways. Okay. If that makes sense. Like... Like, right now, for an example, I'm de- I'm dealing with, like, leaving my job. Like, I, today I was my last day of work. Like, I'm... And everyone was, like, looking at me, like, are you going to cry? And I'm like, no. <laughs> you know? But, like, I know that probably two weeks from now, I'll be sobbing at absolutely nothing. But that's, like, my emotional, like... <laughs> I ha- That's, like, me trying to get it out in just a different way. I don't know. That's how I feel, like, why I would watch those sad movies to cry. Yeah, I'm a super easy cryer. <laughs> <laughs> you just cry to cry. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, sometimes, like, movies that are really sad tend to be, like, they're always really good. 
Mm-hmm. They tend to be really very well done films that are just really sad. Like Me Before You is just a completely sad film. Yes. And I mean, some of these movies, like maybe you hope for a different ending. Mm-hmm. Like when you watch Me Before You, you hope like, please don't choose this. Yeah. And then he chooses it. Yeah. No, and you're I'm- like, but why? <laughs> I mean, like watching sad movies initially, yes, like you cry because it's it's probably a really really good movie. But I mean like in the rewatching. It's just like the ones you go to to make yourself cry. That's why I think I watch those on purpose. I think because I just sometimes you just want to cry. Mhm. And sometimes you just want to and you know the movies to watch to make you cry. Yes. And it's awful because I'm a super easy crier already. Yeah. So, I mean, everything makes me cry. We've yeah. talked about this. I cry at the dumbest things. I cry so bad at the dumbest things. But I and, can't cry at the important things. Well, like, I also, I'm also the worst because when I get really frustrated and angry about stuff, I also cry. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I'm just yeah. a crier. <laughs> What is it in the holiday where Jude Law's like, I just, I weep a good card, a good commercial, I just weep, and I'm like, yes, that's me. I'm right where they're with you, Jude Law. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I get really awkward in those kind of moments. I just go, oh, like, like today everyone's saying goodbye. I was like, oh, thank you. Goodbye. They're like, good luck with your life. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> And I get, I like laugh out of awkwardness. And <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> I'm a ball of awkward. What is that? The the one song. Oh my god. Uh, the because uh, like, uh, is it that the song by Smash Mouth is uh, All Star, where he's like, I'm the kind of guy that laughs at a funeral. See, I it's uneasy like, taking off my shirt. I, I feel like I'm gonna laugh at my wedding. I'm so terrified. I'm so terrified that I'm gonna laugh because of all this like religious like love, blah blah blah. <laughs> oh my god. No, you can't because if you start to laugh, then I'm gonna laugh and I'm gonna be standing up there with you. I know. Eamon's like, if you freaking laugh, I swear to God. I really hope we do a rehearsal beforehand because otherwise it's going to be an absolute chaotic nightmare. Because, I mean, most people cry at their wedding of happiness. I will probably go... (laughs) (laughs) Especially because, like, you are having, like, a full-on traditional Irish Catholic wedding. Yes. And... You and not I, religious you and I all. are not religious at all. So this is all gonna re- be great. Yeah. <laughs> all the religious. Uh, okay, so we were going over like some of the stuff to put in the wedding. It's it's just awful. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Yes. And I don't know when this episode is gonna be posted. So you could be married already by the time this goes up. Oh yeah, we're we're uh we're recording a few ahead of time because obviously things are gonna get crazy in the next month. <laughs> oh god. But yeah. Okay. Any final thoughts? Um if I had to pick, like, one movie out of my top three to watch, I would say House of Mirth. It's super underrated. It's it's one that probably, like, people have never really seen, and it's super, super good. Like, Gillian Anderson just kills it. Absolutely. And Eamon refuses to watch this movie because he's like, it's gonna be sad. I'm like, so that's what? the point! 
and he he refuses to watch it, and I'm like, how could you deny Jillian Anderson? He's like, don't you bring that up. <laughs> I was like, you guys met via X-Files. Why is he not enjoying the X-Files non-related I, movie with the actor? I told him that I'm going to make him watch it. So. Do it. I'm gonna, yeah, I'll make him watch it. But yeah, that's my recommendation. Um, I would say watch Goodwill Hunting. Mm-hmm. Because not only is it an Oscar award-winning film, mm, but it's also, like, if you like Matt Damon, this is the one movie where he doesn't need to be rescued. Oh, good for him. Yes, good he job, stays Matt on Damon. the planet, doesn't have to get rescued oh, by anybody, thank God. Way to get it together, Matt Damon. I mean, other than the part where he's, like, in jail, but nobody comes to rescue him, and that doesn't yeah. cost any money. There you go. Um, but Matt Damon is incredible in it, so is Ben Affleck, and obviously it's going to be a bit sad because Robin Williams plays yeah. a very large role in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll be worth it awesome. to watch it. So, Goodwill Hunting, watch it, enjoy it. I'm sure you can find it somewhere. I own it. Sorry you can't borrow it. It's fine. <laughs> Not you, our listeners. Oh, oh. I don't know all of you. Oh. I thought you meant me. I was like, that's fine. You can't you can't borrow it you can't either. Borrow it. Because you're moving. I think it's on Netflix though, yeah, so I'm okay. Just, <laughs> but thanks, Katie. No, you're welcome. Good I just know I can't borrow it. <laughs> just trying to help out, man. Okay. Well, I think that's going to wrap up this week's episode of Tea Time. Uh, you can find the show notes for this episode and all our other episodes on our website, teatimewithkc.com. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or want to tell us what your favorite sad movies are, you can email us at teawithkc at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on social media, the Twitter and the Instagram. Yes. <laughs> Using the handle teatimewithkc. Don't forget, that's the letter K and the letter C. Yes. <laughs> and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Because we want those ratings yes. and those reviews. Tell us what you feel. Tell us yes. if you like us. Or don't like us. I mean, we would prefer if you liked us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if we, would, you, <laughs> we would hope that you like us. You but, keep listening. Yes. So I hope so. All right. Okay. Uh, bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Join us next time for another cup of tea.